Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Smart Marks. Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. We've got all sorts of stuff to cover today. The Royal Rumble has come and gone, but that does not mean the news is over by any means. We're going to go through WWE, AEW news and rumors, tons of talk about the Rumble, tons of talk about WrestleMania 36 and the early plans. That is this episode of the Smart Marks of Wrestling Podcast presented by thesportshow.com on Anchor.fm. Just listen to that pop for Edge, who made his return to WWE on Sunday at the Royal Rumble. Man, I get goosebumps just listening to that. And to be quite honest with you, I'm actually more excited listening to the audio than I was watching the footage because WWE botched up his entrance on video so badly they didn't even catch his initial spear on Dolph Ziggler. But, man, oh, man, just listening to the crowd pop for Edge. And even though most of them probably knew that Edge was rumored to come back and might make an appearance at the Rumble, despite his declining that he was going to do so, that was just a huge moment. Probably the biggest moment of me so far for me so far in 2020. Edge is back in WWE. And, of course, we've got all sorts of news about that. We're going to get to that in a second. But welcome back to the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesportshow.com. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm your regular host for the podcast. You can catch me all the time on thesportshow.com. I'm writing articles left, right, and center about WWE and AEW. As well, Monday nights on facebook.com backslash thesportster. You can listen to Talking Raw Live, where we follow up the show on Raw every Monday night. And we break down the show, give you our winners, our losers, and we talk about it. We chat with people who watch the show, get a couple hundred of you in there at the same time talking about the show and how much you like it or what you hate about it. So join us every Monday night for that. Wednesdays and Fridays, we do the TS Newscast videos on the Facebook page, so you can join us there. And of course, every week we drop a podcast. Today being Friday, we're going to have this one out just before SmackDown tonight. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things in WWE. Of course, we'll hit on AEW too. And Edge is not you know, shy of AEW stuff. We're going to go there as well, and maybe we'll do that right now. So, let's talk about Edge a little bit. One, he's back in WWE. Here's what we know. He signed a three-year deal with WWE. 
three million bucks a year. He's got to make at least four appearances, or at least four contests, so wrestling matches of some kind. He's probably going to do more than that, and he has to make twenty-five appearances in WWE over the calendar year. That's how he's going to get his money. He's made one already at the Royal Rumble. He's going to make another one. The speculation, of course. After what we saw on Raw on Monday is that he's going to head towards WrestleMania and he's going to have it in for Randy Orton who came out and teased the reunion of Rated RKO and then RKO Edge and really took it a step further. By the way, this is one of the best angles I've seen definitely in 2020 in WWE and probably across AEW and WWE for 2020. It's one of the best angles I've seen them film and you know create on WWE television in a long time. So it was really good, really well done. Clearly, they are not as concerned about his neck as they thought they might be. And we had some news. We wrote an article about that one, too, where Edge was really kind of taken care of during the Royal Rumble match. People were a little concerned with what kind of bumps he could take. And Baron Corbin was given the responsibility of giving him a deep six and carefully to make sure that things were good. And once that happened, then everybody was like, take a breath. We're good. Edge can take these bumps. And so then you saw what you saw in Raw, which was the whole chair thing, the concerto stuff. Randy Orton kind of keying in on his neck. We're probably not going to see Edge for a couple weeks, but that's the deal here. When you sign a deal where you only have to show up 25 times a year, then you know you're not going to be on the show every week. But that's going to set up a huge return for Edge again, targeting Randy Orton. I mean, this is awesome. You probably couldn't have picked a better person for him to kind of go up against as he makes his return to WWE. They've got history there. They were a very cool, very fun tag team to watch. Randy Orton is the best Randy Orton when he's a heel like this, so this is awesome. You got the buzz for Edge. You really want to see him do well. He'll probably get the win here to get a first major victory upon his return. But it's been nine years since we've seen Edge, and he looks fantastic. He looks so good, and the crowd was so into it. That was really, really cool. So there's tons to go through as far as what Edge is going to be doing here. We asked a question on one of the videos that we were going to put up here today, and it might be up by the time you hear this, about what Edge should have done. You know, he used AEW as leverage to get this WWE deal. He had talked to AEW, got an offer, I think an official offer. I don't know what it was for and what it was worth, but he took it to WWE and said, hey, these guys are ready to put me in there. They're going to give me this. And WWE said, okay, and they gave him all sorts of money. So it's a great deal. Edge is probably grinning ear to ear. Beth Phoenix is probably super happy. Yeah, he'll be on the road a lot more than he used to be, but still. Great deal for him. WWE fans are super pumped to have him back. Um, yeah, outside of him and MVP, they were the only two real returns. I guess if you count Santino Marella as Santina, then there was another return. And there were some women that showed up in the Royal Rumble uh, that were making their returns. Molly Holly, stuff like that. But Edge was the big news coming out of that pay-per-view. And then the central focus of Raw on Monday. And it is a huge deal for WWE. So... Good on them for getting this one done. I don't know what kind of can of worms it opens up now. You've got two people on the roster with these kinds of deals. You know, Lesnar's got one. Edge has got another. Who else now qualifies for contracts like these, right? Short-term or short appearances. You know, not, doesn't have to do too much, but is going to get a ton of money just to show up every once in a while. But clearly, either WWE thinks Edge is a massive draw or they just wanted him to stay away from AEW. But either way, he's back with WWE. Looks fantastic. Going to be wrestling going to make more appearances than we probably think or is contracted to do because you know you could see it on his face when he walked out it's just that look of i can't believe i'm here and it was emotion it was excitement it was he was almost going to break down i mean he looked good so congratulations to edge way to go wwe for bringing him back huge moment made the royal rumble it was a really good pay-per-view 
because of that and the way that they booked the match and we'll talk about that too but awesome edge is back super excited way to go everybody that's involved here all right let's shift gears just a little bit we'll talk about brock lesnar the other part of the royal rumble that was really a standout moment for a lot of people some loved it some hated it but it was definitely different it was historic never been done before and we knew going into the Royal Rumble that something was going to happen here with Brock Lesnar. It was going to be different. Here's the deal. So he was proving to other people that he could withstand 29 other men. He can come in the champion. He could leave, walk through the entire roster. And for a while, it looked like he was going to successfully do that. He eliminated, what, I think 13 people. And he eliminated the first handful right every few seconds. So he was always standing in the ring by himself. And then you know, Kofi came in and Ray came in and Big E came in and he thought, okay, now things are going to change. And then he eliminated all three of them. It wasn't until uh, Ricochet and Drew McIntyre worked together to get rid of Brock, Brock Lesnar, which was awesome. And we had heard that that was going to happen, that they were setting this up in a way that Brock Lesnar was going to be kind of that um, unstoppable force until somebody stopped him. And then the crowd was going to pop huge for it. And we should have seen it coming when Drew McIntyre was the guy to do it. But that led to a completely different second half of the Rumble where there was a bunch of different people in there, a bunch of the huge names in the in the 30 men kind of competing with each other and fighting. Lesnar was out of the equation, and you knew whoever was going to win this probably was going to be going up against Lesnar, and Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble, which was another huge pop. Everybody loved it. And WWE set this up ingeniously. Like The fact that McIntyre came in was able to be the guy who eliminated Lesnar, which was a huge pop for him, and, it, and the crowd was immediately on his side. Not that they weren't anyway, but the minute he got rid of Lesnar, everybody loved McIntyre, and then he goes on to win it. Because McIntyre has been one of those guys that's been that underdog everybody wants to see him push. And he's not really an underdog. He's huge. He's like a monster. He's this physical force that everybody thinks has the ability and the qualities to be a champion in WWE. But WWE just hasn't done it yet. Well, now it looks like they're doing that. And here's what we know. It looks like McIntyre and Brock Lesnar are going to be the main event at WrestleMania 36. Now, there's some debate between Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon about which should be the main event to close that show. Right now, there's a battle between... McIntyre and Lesnar and The Fiend and Roman Reigns, which it looks like, and it's not official, but it looks like that's going to be the other big matchup on the men's side for WrestleMania 36. Vince wants The Fiend and Roman. Heyman wants Lesnar and McIntyre. It looks like McIntyre and Lesnar are going to be the ones that went out here, and we'll see if that stays that way, but McIntyre is getting the push here. They are fully in on him. They think he's got that ability, and there's a lot of people in WWE who agree there that McIntyre is the man, he can do this, he can push this company. So it's going to be really good, and I'm guessing early prediction right now is that McIntyre is going to win that title at WrestleMania 36 and walk out the WWE Champion, which will be a huge moment for him in WWE. And he was very emotional after the Royal Rumble was over, you know, thanking a bunch of people, specifically his wife, who's staying home while he's pursuing his dream and fighting for it, and he's made a huge comeback. Remember, he was in WWE a long time ago, and it didn't work out great. And this seems to be the year of the return for a lot of people. You know, we got John Morrison. We saw MVP, who isn't going to stay, but came back at the Royal Rumble as well. You know, you got Edge now. All these guys come back. And McIntyre has done really well for himself since returning to WWE. So awesome for him. He wins the Rumble. He's going to go on to face Lesnar at WrestleMania. He challenged him immediately on Raw the next night, which is even cooler because now there's no dragging this out. We know what that main event could be. We know that these two are going to fight each other. Lesnar came in and sneak attacked 
McIntyre after he defeated the OC in a handicap match. They're going to build McIntyre like crazy here, and then they're going to uh, have Lesnar show up every once in a while, sneak attack him, the two will fight back. It'll be good. They're going to build it up like crazy. Really good for Drew McIntyre. Awesome. Congratulations. Fans are hugely behind this. Um, awesome. So that's great news. Drew McIntyre wins the Rumble. He's going to go on. My early prediction is that he will win the main event match at WrestleMania 36 over Brock Lesnar. All right, let's move on to some news out of the Rumble that wasn't so wonderful, but there's a silver lining here. It looks like it's going to be okay. AJ Styles was injured during that match. Now, I don't know how many people caught it. Everybody knows about it now because he didn't show up on Raw. The OC got jobbed out to Drew McIntyre without AJ Styles there. Basically, what happened when Edge, when Edge made his return in the match, he speared a couple people. Then he went face-to-face with AJ Styles, which got everybody really kind of, woo, this is going to be awesome because that's a dream match, you know, like Edge versus AJ. Everyone wants to see that at some point. So there's they're already teasing it, right? They're teasing it. So there's a back and forth between Edge and AJ Styles. Edge spears AJ Styles. AJ wanting to do Edge a huge favor, oversells the move, lands on his left shoulder, thinks he's dislocated it, cowers down in the corner because he's talking to the medics, he doesn't want, and then goes over to Edge after he's been dealing with the medics and realizes he can't keep going. He says, get rid of me. Edge throws him over the top rope. You can see the look on AJ's face when he goes over because it's hurting so bad on the shoulder, and he doesn't return to the rumble. He's out. Not the way that was supposed to go. AJ's hurt. So the bad news is everybody thinks, oh man, this is a really serious injury. He's immediately dislocated his shoulder. There's a huge problem there. But AJ has come out since and he's said this isn't as bad as people are thinking. And he's going to claw his way to WrestleMania if it kills him. So here's the quote. He said, just so everything is clear, Edge did nothing, absolutely 100% nothing wrong, says AJ Styles. His move, his spear, everything was perfect the way he did it. If there's any blame put on anybody about what I'm dealing with my shoulder, it's me. 100% me. I was overbrothered, as they say. I just went crazy with my bump there. The only problem with flipping the way I did, the first thing to hit was my left shoulder. I thought I dislocated my shoulder. They wanted me to get out of there right away, but I told them we can't do that. I can't roll under the bottom rope. That's not how the rumble works. I said I'm staying in and somebody's going to have to throw me over. We made sure that happened. So... AJ went over to Edge and said, look, I can't keep going, but you got to get rid of me. I can't just walk away and roll under the ring because I'm technically not eliminated if I do that. So he's always thinking about it. Good on AJ for doing that. He fought through the pain and he said, it is a separated shoulder. If you're going to do some damage to your shoulder, that might be the best one to do because you can come back with therapy from this. No worries. It's going to be all right. I'm not going to miss WrestleMania. I'll scratch and claw my way there if I have to. My main thing, zero blame goes to Edge. Awesome news. Terrible news that AJ Styles got hurt, but wonderful news that it isn't anybody's fault. It was a fluke thing that happened. AJ just oversold the move because he wanted Edge to look wonderful, landed awkwardly on his shoulder, and separated it. So, not great, but it is one of those things where he's going to be back. He's going to rehab it. Shouldn't miss a lot of time. Now, I don't know if he'll make it back for WrestleMania 36 or not. He's talking like he's going to. And if nothing else, he'll show up. Like he'll be in the corner of the OC in a tag match or a battle or whatever. He'll be there. And maybe they'll tease another match, you know, another dream match of some sort. But whether or not AJ Styles actually makes it and has a match at that that pay-per-view, we don't know. But we do know it's not nearly as bad. And there was some real concern because AJ has already teased the idea of potentially this being his last contract in wrestling. That once it's over, he's not going to wrestle anymore. He's going to call it quits. And you would hate to see an injury take him out early. 
and then that be the end of it for AJ Styles. So the good news here is that it is not long-term. It's not going to be a massive issue. He's just got to take some time, do some therapy, rehab it a little bit, and he should be back. So we breathe a sigh of relief for everybody there because that would have been a real bummer. Such a high moment for Edge to come back and then such a low moment for AJ Styles to go out and be hurt. So that would have really stunk. But good news here, AJ Styles not permanently hurt, and we'll probably see him sooner than later. Uh, who else is on the Ronda Rousey radar? Oh, my God. Rhea Ripley. She is doing amazing. Like, I um, I would love to have a match with her someday, you know? I feel like she matches up with everybody so differently, and there's so many things that she could really pull out of people that they can't do with anybody else. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, if we ever get that opportunity. But um, I- I'd love to get in the ring with her. She's fantastic. Sign me up for it right now, Rousey versus Ripley. Switching over from the men to the women, Ronda Rousey's got some people all a flutter and a buzz with some of the comments that she made. First things first, she trolled everybody right after the Royal Rumble with a meme and said, oh, you thought I was coming back at the Rumble? Because there was a ton of rumors that Ronda Rousey would make her return at the Rumble and she was a favorite to win the women's match. She didn't even show up. She wasn't in it. Charlotte ended up winning, and she was one of the favorites as well, and she did that, eliminating Shayna Baszler at the end of the match to move on to challenge WrestleMania. She went to the new Raw the next night and didn't actually challenge anybody. They promoted that she would, but she didn't. She said, I'm going to challenge someone, she said, so she's left it open. Now, there's been a ton of talk. Ronda Rousey was recently on After the Bell with Corey Graves, and she talked about how much she's a huge fan of NXT right now, and clearly they're teasing the idea that maybe she'll be back in WWE at some point. She talked about how much she likes Rhea Ripley, how much she'd like to get into the ring with Rhea Ripley, who is now the NXT champion. Can't say the NXT women's champion anymore. NXT champion, she is going to have some huge role in WrestleMania 36, and I don't know if it's going to be against Rousey, even though they're teasing this and setting it up. And Rousey, of course, uh, is going to come back at some point, we assume. When that is, we don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound like maybe WrestleMania 36 is in the cards, but that would be a great pay-per-view to bring her back on. So maybe we'll see somebody like Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. You know what would be interesting here is if Charlotte, who we all think is going to maybe challenge somebody you know, on Raw or SmackDown, so it could be Lynch who's got the title there or Bailey who's got the title on the other brand, maybe she challenges Ripley. Maybe she goes for the NXT Championship. That would be an unexpected twist. That would be really kind of cool. And Charlotte and Rhea Ripley would be a very good match. Now, I'm not sure how many tickets it would sell, but it would be a huge match, and Rhea Ripley is really gaining momentum very quickly in NXT and over the entire women's roster. WWE's heavy in on her; like they think that she's the cat's pajamas as far as what's going to be coming up the uh, the women's roster. Now that leaves questions about what's going to happen with Shayna Baszler. She was kind of featured in the Royal Rumble match; she didn't win, but she was right there till the end. There's a huge spot for her as well. What happens there? Does she go up against a Becky Lynch? Does she do something like? There's lots of open-ended questions here that could be coming as far as the women's titles go on both Raw, SmackDown, and now NXT. And they're teasing a lot of stuff with Ripley here, so it could be very interesting. But Ronda Rousey has said at some point she wants to get in the ring with Riri Ripley, and that is something we're all really looking forward to. I can only hope it happens at WrestleMania 36, because if Charlotte goes on and challenges, say, Lynch, which we thought might happen because they've been teasing that before the Rumble, and then you've got Rousey and Rhea Ripley as another women's match, and then maybe you've got Shayna Baszler versus Bayley. There's three really strong women's matches on the WrestleMania card. That would be awesome. So 
We'll see if that happens, but Ronda Rousey's back on WWE programming, sort of, by showing up on the podcast. She's teasing an in-ring return at some point. We just don't know when it's going to be. So we'll have to watch out for Rousey and see when she shows up, and I'm guessing she's going to use social media a lot to tease the idea that she's coming back, but we don't know when. And who she's going to face is totally up in the air at this point. All right, one more bit of WWE news before we move on to AEW. Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne are now the winners of the Dusty Classic on NXT. They won the tag team tournament, which kind of makes you wonder if Matt Riddle, the rumors that Matt Riddle's in a little bit of hot water with WWE is actually true or not. Now, here's the story. Here's the background. So prior to the Royal Rumble match, it had been released and reported that Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar had a run-in backstage. And when we say run-in, basically what that means is that Brock Lesnar was sick and tired of Matt Riddle using his name, dropping his name to call him out and say, I'm going to retire Lesnar, I want to match with Lesnar. There's been no program between Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar up to this point. WWE hasn't teased it. The only person who's been teasing it at all is Matt Riddle, and he's using Brock Lesnar to gain momentum. And it's smart. It's not a stupid thing to do. It's wise. If you're an NXT guy looking to make a splash in WWE and you want to move up the roster pretty quick, well, you call out some of the big guns. So Riddle's prepared to have a match with Lesnar. He wants the match with Lesnar. I'm sure WWE fans would like to see it. Both of these guys have an MMA background. You know, Riddle is kind of the chill dude. Lesnar is the monster. And Riddle's gaining popularity very quickly. But there's some buzz that WWE has not been a fan of the fact that Riddle has called out Lesnar on social media. And clearly Lesnar was not a fan of it because he got Riddle's attention. And he said, hey, dude, stop talking you know what about me dropping my name on social media you and i are not going to work together ever and now riddle of course from reports were he just sort of chilled said what he wanted to say let lesnar get it out they moved on everything was fine then of course riddle comes into the royal rumble he's not in there very long he's eliminated by king corbin and everybody's going oh my gosh this is what's going on riddle's in trouble he got eliminated early they're teaching him a lesson they're slapping his hand they're doing whatever then reports were no that wasn't true this is how this was all supposed to unfold he was always going to be in there for just a little bit and this was to build heat for king corbin we don't know what the real story is here but what we do know now is that having riddle and p dunn win the dusty clearly he's not in that much trouble either that or the trouble doesn't carry over from vince mcmahon and triple h and the guys in nxt because while riddle is not you know in a singles program and the spotlight of nxt right now having him win this tag title is a pretty big deal it's not not a title but you know the tournament it's not a small thing so clearly riddle is not in that much trouble and then riddle's even come out afterwards and said look i'm i'm still gonna do what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna call out lesnar and i want the match and he can't really stop it if they if they want it if Vince wants it if WWE wants it that's that's the way we're gonna go with it so he's gonna continue to do what he do it doesn't seem like matt riddle's all that phased and i don't even know if brock lesnar cares all that much because he doesn't really pay attention to everything that's going around him. He really only pays attention to him and what's going to make him money. And if Riddle versus Lesnar is going to make him money at some point, why would you not be into it? So we'll see. Lesnar's been known to have issues with people backstage, whether it's Chris Jericho or whomever. Um, there's always something going on with Lesnar and him doing his thing and whatever. Even with Vince McMahon, they do, the two of them get along all that much. But McMahon knows what Lesnar is to the company and how much money he can draw, and he wants him to focus on people that are going to draw money. And when there's a question about whether Riddle is that guy or not yet. So I don't expect to see these two fighting at WrestleMania 36. Clearly, that I, that's not where they're going with this. That's going to be a McIntyre and Lesnar thing. But they're maybe planting the seeds for this down the road. 
So don't necessarily believe everything you hear about Matt Riddle being in a lot of hot water with WWE. I don't think that's that that's accurate. Did they maybe say something to him? Did they have a meeting afterwards and tell NXT guys to stop dropping the names of guys on Raw and SmackDown and vice versa on social media without permission to do so from WWE because it ruins programs that they're doing? Maybe. I could see that happening, but I wouldn't be too worried that Matt Riddle's all of a sudden going to be buried because he's extremely popular in NXT. He's a guy on the up and coming in WWE. They're not going to ruin that just because Leonard has a little hissy fit backstage and says, look, stop it. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, that's something to watch. Whether or not they tease that, we'll have to be uh, paying attention to that one. All right, some AEW news for you. We'll start with John Moxley. He recently sat down with uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful, and he had an interview, and he talked about when he first left WWE. Here's, here's what we know, and he said this in many interviews before. He wasn't staying in WWE. That was just the deal. He was unhappy there. It felt like a job. The creativity was being stifled. He was leaving. And there was nothing they could do to keep him. No amount of money was going to matter. He was gone. I don't know how many people know this or not, but he said this before too. AEW was not a part of that decision to leave WWE. So anybody who thought he left WWE to go to AEW, that is not correct. He did not leave WWE to leave for AEW. AEW at that time when he made that decision in his own mind wasn't even a thing there was just whispers that maybe Cody might do something with the Young Bucks but there was no AEW at that time AEW was created and founded and brought up at the time that it worked out great for Moxley who had already told WWE he was leaving was ready to go didn't know what his plan was going to be he says in this interview he had no idea what he was going to do he thought maybe he'd travel around wrestle where he could even put a mask on and just go where the wind took him AEW then pops up and goes, hey, you need to come over here. And he wasn't going to do it. He has he didn't know what AEW was. There's promotions popping up all over the place that don't work out. And he thought maybe this was going to be another one of those things. But with Cody behind it and then whispers of, you know, a TV deal that might be in the works and other stuff, he was like, well, okay, maybe I'll look at it. So he says Cody was a big part of that, you know, and a, a former WWE guy. Then the real turning point for moxie he says is chris jericho and not because he and jericho are huge friends and obviously during this interview he he played the character up a little bit saying that they're not friends and you know the eye patch and all that other stuff that jericho's doing to him right now they're in a feud in AEW. but he said jericho was instrumental in his decision to sign with AEW because jericho signed with AEW. basically means if jericho's going to do this and he's going to risk it and he's going to take the chance of hurting his reputation by joining a promotion that may flop and he's like jericho's not stupid he knows what he's doing and to his credit, that is absolutely true. Think what you will about Chris Jericho. This is a guy who knows where to go and when to go there to maximize the longevity of his wrestling career, maximize the dollars he can earn. He was gone to New Japan and sold out the arena with Kenny Omega and made a killing doing it. He's got WWE, I'm sure, at any point would take him back and give him a boatload of money to come back. AEW probably gave him a boatload of money to be their you know flagship franchise guy. So he knows how to do this. Moxley seeing that says, okay, well, clearly if Jericho's going to do this, there's got to be something going on here. He said he sat down with AEW, talked about what he wanted to do as a wrestler moving forward. Can you make this work? Does it work for you? Is it the same goals? Are we aligned in the same direction? AEW says yes. So he goes, okay, then we're done and off and running. So he said he's been very happy since then, but he said if it wasn't for Jericho making that jump first, he would never have signed with AEW and he would have just traveled around New Japan, all these other places and wrestled. So that's really you know, kind of a fun and interesting story. We'd heard lots about, you know, John Moxley and what he was planning on doing, but we didn't necessarily know to the full extent of the details what it was that really got him going, um, you know, towards AEW. Now, in other AEW news, we've been waiting and hoping that Luke Harper 
who now will probably be known as Brody Lee because he can't use the Luke Harper name outside of WWE, will he make his AEW debut? Now, there's been, since Marty Skrull signed with ROH, there's been some question marks about whether or not Luke Harper is going to actually go to AEW. That was the immediate assumption when he left WWE, that that's exactly where he was going. Well, now the report is back a little bit that he will probably be headed over to AEW and that it looks like maybe March 18th will be the day that we can expect to see him um, and that he's almost ready. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Harper won't be waiting long for long after that date, March 8th, when he can move on from WWE to make his debut in AEW and that they are expecting the March 18th episode in 2020 to probably be his debut in that promotion under the name Brody Lee. So if you're a fan of Luke Harper and you've been waiting for him to show up in AEW and you're excited about that and you're hoping that it does and he doesn't change his mind and go somewhere else, well, the news looks good. He's probably going to AEW. So that's going to be a really big deal. Will Marty Skrull get up there? Who knows? The way that his contract is structured, it sounds like there might be some working relationships between ROH and AEW. So we'll see if maybe he makes his way over. It doesn't look like Brody Lee is going to follow Skrull over to ROH, but is going to AEW. So that'll be good. I mean, when we finally see that, AEW fans will be like, yes, we got another big-time player. Even though he wasn't ever really big-time in WWE because they never gave him the shot he probably deserved, he could be a major difference maker for AEW. Is he a main event guy? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But he's definitely bigger than a lot of the names that they're trying to push right now and some of the unfamiliar faces that fans are kind of like, I don't know who these people are. Everybody knows who Luke Harper is. Everybody knows who Brody Lee will be when he shows up in AEW. So expect that to happen sometime in March. If it's March 18th, well, then the reports are accurate, and we'll see what goes on from there. But, yeah, big news in AEW, too. All right, the news is a little bit outdated at this point. It's three or four days old. But Andrade has been suspended 30 days by WWE for a talent wellness violation. Basically, we don't know what he took or what was in his system, but he's on his first suspension. He's going to be missing 30 days, which explains why his head was rammed into the concrete by Umberto Carrillo on Raw, and he is out for the foreseeable future. Now, it doesn't sound like WWE is going to strip him of the United States Championship. It sounds like they're going to continue on the program, even with him gone. They're going to build towards a match between him and Umberto and Zelina Vega will probably play a central role here because if you remove Andrade, then you would assume that Vega's got to come off TV as well. But it sounds like maybe the theory here is she's going to play the card of, I can't believe you did this to Andrade, even though we know Andrade's the heel and he's done it to people before. You took him out, you injured him so badly, poor Andrade, blah, blah. It's that classic heel move. That could be the deal. But the other thing that could be very cool about this is that Umberto Carrillo, who seemed to be the babyface of all babyfaces, you know, was gearing up to be that guy that never did anything wrong well now he's potentially got this sort of evil streak in him right like he was willing to go to that length to ram andrade's head into the concrete to take him out it's not something typically a baby face would do you would never see Rey mysterio do something like that you know the guys that are a really huge baby face ricochet wouldn't do something like that right but umberto did it so what does that mean is that one of those things where maybe they're teasing the idea that he's not completely as innocent as everybody would think and will Zelina Vega think that that's kind of cool? Now, remember, it wasn't that long ago, Zelina Vega and Andrade had teased some friction between the two of them, and that was just sort of dropped out of nowhere by WWE. They were fine, it wasn't a big deal, but there were a couple weeks in a row there where it didn't look like it was going so well between the two of them and that there might be a breakup going on here. Maybe they do that over the next 30 days where Zelina Vega is kind of like, okay, well, Andrade's the weak link, he's got, I mean, I don't know that this is going to be what they do, but maybe there's a theory there, right? And they tease that sort of thing so that when they come back, 
it's one of those, where does Zelina Vega go? Does she go with Andrade? Does she go with Umberto? What's going to happen there? So it'll be very interesting to see how the next 30 days plays out. And I don't think just because Andrade's off TV, you're going to see this storyline just vanish. It's not going to disappear. And there's going to be a lot going on here. And Zelina Vega, I think, will play a central role in all of that. So that could be fun. Even when you, sometimes it's, it's the way things work out, right? Like, it's not great that Andrade's timing is he's going to be missing 30 days, just as they're building towards WrestleMania. And he is a champion on the Raw brand. So not good timing. But you might be able to make lemonade out of lemons and uh, turn some, turn this into something that fans can really kind of get behind. And then that absence sort of makes the heart grow fonder, and everybody's kind of like waiting for the anticipation of him coming back, kind of like when Rude did and just sort of snuck it, snuck in there again. So who knows? Maybe that'll be something that, that works out. And they wrote that storyline pretty quickly once hearing the news because he was told about it that Monday morning that he was going to be suspended, so they had to write Raw around how to get rid of him. So who knows? Maybe they'll come up with something really cool. I have a question for all the listeners out there that, that tune into this show who know that we have talked about The Fiend and we have a theory, or had a theory, I should say had now, because some developments at the Royal Rumble have changed just a little bit, that the light, the red light that The Fiend was wrestling under might have been his superpower, that thing that really gave him his monstrous ability to take anything and come back from it and what have you. Well, at the Royal Rumble, he didn't wrestle under the light, it just went away and WWE didn't really allude to it, they didn't talk about it, they didn't reference it, it was just gone. Now, we don't know necessarily if this is a permanent thing, and it could just be that he wrestled Daniel Bryan in a strap match without the lights so that you could see the impact the strap was making on Daniel Bryan or The Fiend himself, because there were a lot of welts all over Daniel Bryan's back from that match, and you would not have seen those if that red light was on. So maybe it could be that. That said, everybody seems to hate the light. Not everybody, most people seem to hate the light. It's been an annoyance for a lot of people. The wrestlers don't tend to like it. Seth Rollins has come out and said it's very difficult to wrestle under. It just was one of those things that probably you figured was going to go away at some point. So if it's gone, if it's permanently gone, what does that mean? What is that weakness? Ramblin' Rabbit referred to it. He said there is a way to beat the Fiend and nobody's figured out what it is. So let's take a guess here. If you're listening to the show, I'd love your comments on our Facebook page or on you know the website, the comment section. Wherever you listen to the show, give us your feedback. What do you think The Fiend's weakness is? It's not the light now. We know that much probably. So is it his gloves? Is it the hurt and heel gloves? Is it the mask? If you take the mask off, is all of a sudden he going to be weaker? What is it that The Fiend uses to get this power, this raw, you can't destroy him sort of power? Remember, The Undertaker had the urn, and these guys all seem to have that thing. So what is The Fiend's thing? If it's not the light, what is it? So that's gone. Now, I'd also love your comments. Are you a fan of the fact that the light is gone? Do you care that the light is gone? Did you like the light? That's an interesting debate, too, because there's some people who did like it, and it was unique, and it was different, and it was one of the things that set him apart. Not that he needed it. He's so different anyway. But So that light's gone, and if it's gone for good, what now is his weakness? What is that thing that will beat the fiend? Will Daniel Bryan be the one to do it? Will Roman Reigns be the one to figure it out? Where is this all going? What's going to happen there? But yeah, Wyatt and the light probably no longer connected. To end the show this week, we're going to veer a little bit away from wrestling. And, and there is a connection to it, and you'll understand why we're talking about it a little bit. But first and foremost, our condolences go out to the family and friends of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and everybody who was on that helicopter when it crashed this past Saturday we tragically lost Kobe Bryant, 
It is still news that is devastating to some people, even almost a week after it's happened. The, the NBA world for sure is still reeling from this. The Lakers are going to be having their first game back tonight since the news of Kobe Bryant's passing. And it is one of those things that Kobe Bryant was a basketball player. He was a fantastic basketball player. He may be among the best to have ever played the game. His drive, his competitive streak, just his willingness to perfect the craft. They talk and talk and talk about how much Kobe Bryant would just work and work and work and outwork everybody. He would outpractice people. Dwayne Wayne told a story about how they were in their building and Kobe Bryant didn't have the best game and he tried to figure out a way to get better at certain things and he practiced more than the Miami Heat players played in their own building. He would practice after the game and before and they just, other players looked up to Kobe and said, this is a guy that just is fantastic already, but he just works so hard to be better and he's so competitive and that streak was there and he'll go down as the guy everybody remembers was just a real workhorse and a fantastic player and there were tributes all over the nba there were tributes to other sports i'm a hockey guy too alex ovechkin wore the number 24 out for a warm-up and, you know there are people leaving seats empty a lot of nba players you know purposely dropped to the shot clock for 24 seconds at the beginning of every game just to pay tribute to kobe bryant so we want to send and take a moment here to remember kobe for everything that he did to the game of basketball but not just for basketball for sports and talent and enter- entertainment in general, he w- he extended beyond basketball. He was, you know, an amazing attraction. People just gravitated towards him. He was, from what we can tell, and there were some issues in his past and things that, you know, some people will allude to, and it's a shame because that's just not what you want to remember of a guy with his talents. But there's so many good stories about what Kobe did for others and how much he appreciated people and how he was a... a, a dad who loved the girls and he wanted to be a father to the girls and was a great dad and was enjoying what he was doing and he you know he passed being a dad to his daughter they were going to a basketball game so we want to remember kobe and wrestlers and talents tony khan from aew a bunch of wwe talents people have remembered wwe paid tribute to him on raw there's just so much to to remember from kobe and it's still it's hard to even understand how something like this can happen uh so we want to end the show this week you know paying our respects to kobe to his daughter to the other family members and friends on that you know that are being affected by this the the people on the helicopter who also tragically died in that accident um just life is short and you just don't know how much time you have and you have to enjoy it and you have to you know be kind to people um, we talked last week about social media and how it changes things and just the way people approach it and what they do when they're on there. And you just don't know. It's one of those things where you would have never thought Kobe Bryant, just over 40, would be gone. One morning you wake up and you hear that he's no longer there. So you don't know. So we want to send our respects to him. We want to remember him. We want to end the show on that note. And uh, we want to say thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast. Presented by thesports.com. You can catch us on anchor.fm. You can catch us on thesports.com or Facebook page. Go on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, all your favorite podcast platforms. We will be there. We hope that you enjoy the show, rate the show, uh, give us your feedback, put a five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you can for us because it really does help us out. We want to say thank you to the folks who listened to it. Last week's show was by far our most listened to show so far, and we really appreciate it. We thank you very much for being listeners here and tuning in each week. And I thank you, too, for joining me on video, on the Facebook Live chats and the TS Newscast reports on Wednesdays and Fridays. 
you know, I only have this job and I can only do these things because there are people who want to listen to this stuff and really enjoy wrestling like we do. And despite differences in opinions, we thank you for listening. We thank you for reading. We enjoy the fact that you enjoy wrestling and we love to bring this stuff to you. So on that note, uh, respects to Kobe, everybody else that was on the helicopter, respects to all of you who listen, and we thank you for doing so. We look forward to continually talking to you. We look forward to Monday's Facebook Live. And for, you know, one final time this week, we want to say thank you again for joining us. Tune in next week when we drop another edition of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast. And until, well, today's Friday, so Monday night on Facebook Live, we will talk to you then.